Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah, where I'm joined by my partner, friend, colleague, overall, really swell guy, the 6'8 mammoth of a man. Master of disaster. <laughs> I watched Rocky Three the other night with my kids. Ah, uh, Clubber that. Lang. No, it wasn't Clubber. Oh. It was uh, when he fought Hulk Hogan. Oh. In the, in the charity match. I, it, I don't think he was called Hulk Hogan. Maybe he was called something else in the movie. But Love it. Well, this is Spencer Nelson, everybody. What's up, Brett? <laughs> good things, good things. In fact, you know what I have for you today, Spencer? What do you got? Not just for you. I have for everybody the key to making money. I like that. The key to making money. Who doesn't want that? I do. I know you do. That's why we're talking about it. So does everybody else. This is a quote from one of my favorite financial authors of all time, Nick Murray. You know I'm a Nick Murray fan. You tend to like Nick Murray, yes. Nick Murray is fantastic. He writes content for financial advisors. Some of that content we pass to clients. They've seen it. They've experienced it. But this is what he says. The key to making money and accomplishing the goals in a financial plan, whatever those goals may be. He says the dominant determinant of long-term real-life outcomes is not the performance of the markets, but the behavior of investors. And I, I want to read that one more time. The dominant determinant of long-term real-life outcomes. So to me, that's suggesting the, what, what determines whether you accomplish your goals or not. Real-life outcomes, your goals, is not the performance of the markets. It's the behavior of investors. Powerful. Powerful. So what does that mean? So let's put this into context. Behavior of investors, that's the dominant determinant of, of, of accomplishing your goals. I want to take us on a ride, and I want you to take us on the ride, Spencer. Let's talk about the S&P 500 over the last, what, nine months? Yeah, about nine months. Nine months. Take us on a journey. This is going to be fun. Well... On the I want S&P everyone to picture last August. You were finishing summer, Labor Day, school was starting, feeling really good about the markets. Oh, yeah. Everything peaked September 20th, I believe, and the S&P closed right around 2930. And from that point, it was a slow descent until end of November, and then it got ugly. Things, and then it got fast, things fast descent. started going downhill quickly. What was happening in the market at that point? Well, if you think back, you had the like, what are all What are the headlines? China, China, trade trade war with China. Trump was tweeting. Um, well, that hasn't changed. You had uh, <laughs> you had uh, the Fed. Uh, they were worried about the Fed was going to be raising. Uh, there was a bunch of stuff. Earnings slow down. Slow down. All, uh, there There's was a wall everything. in Mexico. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on, and uh, we bought we bottomed out December twenty fourth at twenty three fifty one. Okay, so give me those numbers again. Twenty nine thirty to twenty three fifty one. So, I mean, si- close to six hundred points. And and percent wise, percent wise, twenty percent, twenty percent, nineteen twenty percent. Yeah. So from high to low, 20%. Yeah. It's been – so that this Christmas Eve is now referred to in market circles as the Christmas Eve massacre Yeah, of the market. It got ugly that it, day. It was ugly. It was ugly. Okay, so what's happened since? So since then, 
we have climbed and climbed and climbed. Had a little pause here or there, but for the most part, it's been pretty directionally up. And we are close today, right at about 2917. 2930 to 2351 to 2917. So in nine months, we've made up, I mean, for the most part. We're even. Yeah, we're break even. Nine months. Right right close to. Nine nine months in in the grand scheme of things for an investor's lifetime. Tell me. Long time, short time? Very, very short. We're talking people, when they retire, we've got 30 years worth left of life, yeah. if not more. Well, and you, with uh, with how you eat, you've got 100, 150 years I of life, I appreciate that. Yeah. Keep you drinking my vinegar. Yep. So the dominant determinant is investor behavior. So in that time where the market went down 20% and now we're back to break even, Back in December, this and these statistics are from Morningstar, and I want you to think of this. Actively managed mutual funds were hit by a record outflows in December, meaning people liquidating their their mutual funds. $143 billion in December 2018 of outflows. So people sold $143 billion worth of mutual funds. So is that a lot or is it a little? That's a lot of money. I mean, in the scheme of things, in terms of the entire market, it's probably not a ginormous percentage, but it's it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. In fact, the most outflows on record. It beat a record. You know what the, the other date was in time? I can guess, but you tell me. October 2008. There you go. When all hell was breaking loose in the market. Lehman collapse. Yeah. All these banks failing, financial crisis, people pulled $105 billion. Really? So they pulled more money out in December than they pulled back in the financial crisis. What happened in December to the market? Yeah, it got hammered. But what happened on December 26th? Boom. Buyers started coming back in. The market turned quickly. And is now we're about to break even. Yeah. So tell me this: When Nick Murray help me help me put these pieces, puzzle pieces together, Spencer, for people. Nick Murray says the dominant determinant of long term real life outcomes is not the performance of market, but behavior of investors. And you had record outflows in, in December. Like what? What's going on? People are irrational. They're emotional. When things are crashing, they feel like they have to run, fight or flight. And they had to get out. But, you know, the the question comes, when did they get back in? Did they get back in? So that fight or flight, we're going to do future podcasts on that. Incredible to study the brain and investing. But we'll save that conversation. I'm glad you brought it up. We're going to do a whole series on that. Just, just Let's just try to answer that question you just asked. When did they get back in? Say they got in 5%. Five percent later, which was two days in the market. Yeah, they liquidate. They get in a week later. They it's, lost five percent. They lost five percent. Boom, th- just like that. One week. Yeah, more more than likely, what I've seen with most investors that I do know react that way. Uh, when things pop back, they don't necessarily buy back in. They say, "Oh, I'm going to wait till it comes back down. I'm going to wait till it comes back down." And so I would imagine a lot of that money sat on the sidelines through January, through February, through March, and then finally, maybe 
We just Maybe. had a six and a half percent pullback. Yeah, but it, it, they finally say, okay, I just got to get back in. And they lost out on 10, 12, 15 percent. Even uh, if they got in on the last pullback, they're still down 13 and a half percent. Yeah. So I remember Christmas Eve and Brian, who's not here, he's traveling in Europe. I'm kind of jealous. He sent us a picture of a pizza. In Looked Naples. fantastic. Oh, the birthplace of pizza. The birthplace. Anyway, Brian on Christmas Eve. Closed his eyes when all hell was breaking loose and was buying stocks for investors. That's the mentality that you have to have, not the other way around. Well, and the other part of it as well is no one's going to time the market. Like speaking freely, we wish we would have bought more. You know, oh, yeah. we, were buying, we weren't selling, fortunately, which 148 billion or whatever of people were. And we're, you know, I would like to think we're smarter than that. But at the same time, you can never time the market. And so you have to have a plan. And we have a plan. Brian and you and myself, we follow it, uh, you know, religiously. But, yeah, we were buying. And rolling options. Yeah, and rolling (laughs) options. That's a story for another day. And our clients know what I'm talking about. They have options. But we'll leave it with this, folks, listening at home. The dominant determinant of long-term, real-life outcomes is not the performance of the markets, but the behavior of investors. And at 10 years, teaching individual investors at TD Ameritrade, Invest Tools, back in the day, I would say 10%, and that's on the high side, of those people I taught were successful. 10%. And why? Because they mastered the psychology. The other 90%, they need help. And that's why, that's what we do. That's why we're here, is to help people. So my friends at home, master, if you're managing your money yourself, you've got to master that investor behavior. For those that are clients of Iron Gate, more than happy to have those hard conversations when the market is falling. Yeah. And talk about that investor behavior with you. With that, my friends, thanks for listening. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888 591